Hi guys, and welcome to episode 20 of the Forever Forest podcast. Um, yeah, not as many as we probably should have done, but we've been uh, trying to do quality over quantity. I think that's what it's called and having life and stuff going on. Lisa's probably been on every media going. Holly's been changing lives and careers and our special guests. We'll find out what they've been doing. They've actually changed the name last since I last spoke to them. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what they've been up to as well. Um, so since we last podded and spoke to you, uh, we've had Easter has come along. Uh, points have been gained, few lost, but mainly gained. Uh, we've got loads to talk about about those games. We're going to talk about the miracle that is the Nottingham Forest Physio Department and the lies that they seem to tell and see about injuries and stuff. Uh, the little matter of a, did he mean it, didn't he mean it? Was it uh, Jackie Colback from the Grassy Knoll and all that business? And we're going to talk a bit about the running and we're going to talk about uh, player of the season time and things like that. And we're going to try and do an amalgam at the end of the season where we try and get all the guys from the podcast who you're used to over the last few years and us guys as well. And have a big chat and maybe a therapy session, depending on what happens with the end of the season. So without further ado, uh, let me introduce them as they are on my uh, as they are on my screen. So first up, uh, she's moved into the sun so we can see her because it looks so lovely where she is. It's Lisa Fox. Hello, Lisa. Hello. How are you? I'm all right, actually. It's, uh, yeah, I've put out some fat balls in the garden and the birds have been nibbling on them. Nice. Uh, so yeah, my fat balls are nicely nibbled. Uh, Holly, on that topic, uh, how you got any fat balls out? Um, how's things in London? Can't say I have, Ryan. Um, I got wine for the first time on the podcast. Hey, excellent. Holly's on the. Doing fine. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And uh, you'll appear raging behind you on your wall as well. And our special guest, you may know him as the the bringer of truths. We call him Kieran Curtis. He's backed by popular demand. Hello, Kieran. How are you? Right, mate. I'm not too bad, thank you very much. How's the dog? He's good. He's uh, he's sleeping behind me at the minute. Um, yeah, he's, he he's pretty content. Started, didn't he? He's mate. He's doing great. He's, he's a lot of work, but he's worth it. He's looking good. And if you, if only you could guys could see the competition between who has the finest. Uh, hair between the dog and Kieran. It's, it's a tight <laughs> contest. They're both looking absolutely wonderful. Um, so let's uh, we'll just do it reverse from where we are, Kieran. I'll start with you. Um, over Easter, a um, few couple of games, a couple of tough ones on paper. I was a bit more worried about them in the reverse order. But on the, the radio Nottingham, there, when me and Lisa have to say what we think the results were, I think I uh, said a three 0 to West against West Brom and lose to Luton. So I'm taking that one. But and Lisa can't answer because I'm asking you, Kieran. Um, so how did you feel about Luton overall? What my granddad would have called a muck and nettles game. Oh, I, I don't know about you, but I think I went into it a bit complacent. Like, maybe I'd started to believe our hype a little bit. Um, Not at all. I thought we'd lose. <laughs> um, yeah, it was... I don't know. I, I, after the game, I felt like it was dogged and we just didn't really hit the levels that we can. Um, we, we got drawn into it. And as the game went on, I don't think I ever got re- any more confident. It was one of them, like, even the, it was the, the day the luck just kind of ran out a bit. Those decisions that have gone for us in recent weeks didn't. <laughs> and uh, the ref made some horrendous calls. Um, so I, I think Luton, disappointing, take it on the chin, learn the lesson, make sure we remember it if we come up against them in the playoffs. Um, and then moving into the West Brom game, I just thought, perfect bounce back exactly as you'd want us to exactly as Cooper came out and said he challenged them to yeah uh, it was great it was mint yeah let's get straight back into it we're going to discuss West Brom a bit more in depth in a minute but we'll stay on Luton just briefly Holly um if you've got a referee who's got something like 11 bookings in one game has he lost control of that or is he just playing with a couple of dirty buggers in terms of two teams because 
it's not that we always have to have this wonderful brand of football, but they, you know, they were the antithesis of anti-football for me, really, in that game. Yeah, I mean, um, he played directly into Luton's hands, didn't he? They were just complete anti-football. And there was probably about 30 seconds of football played in that last 15 minutes, wasn't there? It was just as soon as the ref blew, they were down, cramp, injuries, God knows what. I mean, it was just awful, awful to see. I mean, I'd hate to go up being that team, you know. Would you? Would just, you? Hold on, hold on. I, I would, I would. I would. I'm a purist when it comes uh, to football. I, I just, I'd hate that shithousey kind of football. I just don't like it. I want us to go up when we get when. When we go up, we're going to go up playing beautiful, attacking football the right way. And yeah, I'm proud of us that we, we, you know, we can continue to play in that way. We're not losing. I just, oh, it left a really horrible taste in my mouth. I enjoyed the day. It was a really nice day, by the way. But um... probably bewitched us in the fucking charts the time we were in the league. I'm thinking, <laughs> I'm thinking it with the dirtiest work. My mate Al's a big Cardiff fan, and he said under Warnock, it was the worst football he ever saw at Cardiff ever. But he got him promoted, and he said, "I kind of took it because of that." Lisa, would you take shit house in football off the back of someone's arse and off the, you know, anything to go up right now? Would you, you know, going to see Luton every week, or is it? I don't know. It's a bit of a mess in all, and it really got to go to that little ground, pokey ground. Are we are we spoiled with what we've had so far on this run? Uh, we are spoiled a little bit because none of us expected this this season. You know, none of us expected free flowing football <laughs> when we started the season, did we? Um, and that's what we've had. Um, and it has been, there have been so many highs within the, the season, sort of October onwards. Um, my my lowest low was deciding on Friday when I left the house not to take my cluffy jumper with me. Um, and I, I, know, why you cost us a point, Lisa? Because people- As you know, I apologised to you guys and said, I'm really sorry, we're going to fuck this one up tonight today. And that, well, that is what we did. Um, and so I will, will, and I solemnly swear now, that I will religiously wear that jumper till the end of the season or whenever that may be. Have we ever when lost we when to. you've been wearing it? The only game that we've lost when I've worn it is Liverpool. Um, the only other um, caveat to this is that in 2022, there are only two matches that I haven't worn it for other than Liverpool. Uh, and Liverpool, I did wear it. Um, and both of those games, I was in the South Bank. So I'm not going there to watch it again either. Wow, we are creatures. I'm covering all my bases. <laughs> well, I mean, when it gets hot, you'll be hot for being covered up with it as well. Kieran, have you ever had any uh, weird football um, superstitions? I used to wear a couple of a pair of red socks that I had to wear to a funeral once when we played Wolves and we lost. So stop wearing them and felt bad for being a, a red socked wearing bastard at a funeral. How about you? Do you know what? I don't think I've ever actually had anything that lasted, but I definitely invented a few along the way. Like, it's like right now, we're in such a good position. And I do feel great about how the team's doing, but I have so little impact on it, really. Um, and then, yeah, maybe I didn't change my pants for... All this, not between games, but the pair. Um, yeah, I don't know, mate. No, not really. Have you got any in general, Holly or Lisa? Because I, I, I realise I always put my left shoe on first, whatever I'm doing. And if I put the right one on, it feels really weird. It's not a superstition. It's just a thing I do. Um, obviously, Holly first. Have you got anything you... Just can't stop yourself doing? Um, the only one I can think of is match day. If we've won the, the match before and I've gone through a certain entrance of the turnstile, I'll go through the same one as a little superstition. But other than that, nothing particular really. How, where have you been over the last 23 years doing that? <laughs> uh, Lisa, you got anything on the football at the top? Is there anything your kids will go like, oh, mum always does that and it's a good day? Or I don't know, is there any of those? No, 
Not, not, no, I mean, the, the only thing, for, again, with the same as Holly, really, is that I always go through the, the tape, same turnstile every week without fail um, and always have done, which is really bizarre. <laughs> yeah, I used to, um, actually, it's probably a good thing to do. So whenever we, because we didn't come up loads for games, but when we did from Skeg, we used to park in that, um, you guys all know, being more local than I was, there's a, there's a housing estate opposite the, uh, what do you call it, Meadow Lane, Meadow Lane's, the, the Meadows Club, because my old teacher's dad used to run it. And we used to park in there and, and I think it's all cones and stuff now. They probably shoot you if you go in there and do it because it was pissing people off 10, 15 years ago. And then we'd walk over the Trent Bridge. And as we did, we always used to get a sausage, uh, you know, a sausage with onions and stuff from that bloke and his son at the corner of Trent Bridge. The son is probably now my age or something. He was a young kid when we started doing it. If that is you, hello. Thanks for all the sausages and, uh, and onions through the years. But uh, I think it's enough superstition. We need some more superstitions. because we're going to talk about uh, Keenan Davis, Kieran. I'm going to come to you. Um, that's a good one to say, Keenan Davis, Kieran. Um, my dad's not, a, you know, he watches quite a few and listens to the pods and stuff and various things we do, try and keep his finger on the forest pulse, as it were. But um, he's he's likened Keena Davis to Stan Collymore. And I think he, I think the way he sees it is that kind of picking up the ball running. I always think he seems a bit of a smaller bloke. But as it stands, let's not play the game of Steve Cooper saying it's to the end of the season versus the end of the playoffs because he doesn't want to get ahead of himself. Um, is that a certain person you're going to try and sign straight away for us at the end of the season? What what things have really drawn you to Keenan Davis? Unless you hate him, which I doubt you do. Um, I think he's a perfect example of someone that we could sign, however this season pans out. Like, I, I don't think it'd be unreasonable to have a, a go at bringing him to the club in the summer, even if we are in the championship next year. Um, I think he'd be up for it. Like based on how he's performed, based on the noises that he's made off the field, I've I've been a big fan of him. Like he's just exactly the kind of player you love to lead the line for your club. I uh, happy to grab a game by a scruff of the neck uh, when when it's needed, um, and I think that's going to be a key component. It, whatever league, like in the Premier League, we'll still need someone to do that. In the Championship, it's kind of what we've lacked. Um, he, he, he's brought a lot he's brought a lot and the level of assists as well like cute touches like he, he's a very composed player um and perfect age as well like he could be the difference i read um, that dean smith apparently um 10 to 15 million want him at norwich which would be interesting if we potentially swap places with him that'd be a crazy thing which probably won't happen will it i'm gonna i'm just gonna move over to holly with him quick, quickly because he plays a certain way that i'd argue sam storage doesn't play uh, but it seems to work as well. So is that kind of just the way Forest play hold for you, that you just think that you can slip in? Because again, Graben seems a different character altogether. I'm going to come to Lisa's talk about Lewis Graben in a minute because I know she'll defend him more than any of uh, the crazy witch hunters out there. Um, so yeah, Holly, how do you? is it the way Forest play that you think you can interchange those three? Quite, They're not wildly different. You're not talking like a Roy Collingwood, Van Oudonk kind of thing, but how do you think that works for Forest where they can bring someone in like Surridge and it will work just as well as it being Keenum? Well, that's, that's the beauty of it, isn't it? We've got different options. Um, I mean, on um, on Monday night, in the second half, towards the second half, when we, it's a period where we didn't really look like scoring. We, 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 obviously, we were 3-0 up and we were cruising and it was fine. But if we'd had Davis at that point, you just knew that he could just unlock and just do something different, just kind of charge at the defence and just sort of, the way the ball just sticks to him and he's got that real tenacity I don't think we really have that elsewhere in the team. We haven't really seen it since, I've said it many times, but um, Mikel Antonio, for instance. And against Luton, he was he was really, really trying, wasn't he? And he was the only one that really offered us anything apart from, well, 
there was bits and pieces, wasn't there? But I'm thinking I got hit in the post and all that kind of thing. But no, I mean, for me, that's it. the beauty of it is that we've got choice now. Um, depending on the way the other team's playing, depending on how it's going, the score, you know, we've got different options to bring on. And I think that's that's the beauty of it now. And we can mix things up as before. It was a little bit one dimensional, I think, purely because we just didn't have the quality and the options. So um, he would be my first choice to, to sign up, obviously, depending on where we are who goes, all that kind of thing, just, just get him signed up. He wants to play for us. You know, he clearly loves his football at Forest, and that's what we want is someone that loves their football. It's going to come on and do fantastic every time he wears the shirt. So, yeah. I think Big he player. will more than Surridge. I think Surridge, even though he's seemed very clinical, seems to, Davis goes looking for the ball and mm. he's probably got more belief maybe in his feet. I don't know. I think Sorry seems confident. Don't get me wrong compared to when we got him. Talking about um, goals and stuff, someone who scored 56 goals for Forrest and is apparently one of the reasons why we lost to Luton uh, is not Lisa Fox, but I'm going to her. Lewis Graban. I mean, I, I, I'll admit, Lisa, I don't think he had a great game in that game. I think there's a lot of players first half, especially didn't have a great game. Um, but I do appreciate he's just coming back from from injury. Um, I also, I don't know if he, does he um, do fasting all the way through Ramadan and stuff like that as well? I thought that was a thing that they had with him last year, but I don't know if that's a thing that's part of it, but it doesn't take much, does it, from Forest fans to start attacking someone? Well, it has to be somebody, doesn't it? I mean, the fans the week before were crying out for Zinc to be dropped and then they drop him and then that's the wrong thing to do. So I just, you know, our fans are fickle. That's the end of it, really. Um where I, I just felt that the formation that we set up didn't suit the play and it didn't it didn't suit Graban and it didn't suit Davis. Um and I that, that's about the size of it really. Like you've just said, you know, there was a fair few players that didn't have their best game on Saturday. Um two of those fair few players had really good games on um on Monday night. So um just talking about the three of them. The amount of work that Surridge did off the ball on Monday, you can't fault him. Um, you know, he was there, he was ready, he was hungry. He was in the channels when he, when he needed to be. And I think for me, looking at him, he's a very intelligent footballer um, and a very astute signing for the two million quid that we paid for him. Um, Davis, what you see is what you get, you know, totally different sort of player. Um, and... I would love to sign him. You know, he is just incredible. Um, and 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 Graben, he single-handedly two years ago almost got us to the playoffs in terms of picking up the ball um, and goals created out of nothing. You know, he's he's still a quality striker for me. Um, and we have and has repaid the six million fee that we paid for him over the course of his contract. Um, so what happens next? Who knows? Uh, I am excited for... You might know. Is he staying or going, Lisa? I don't even think it's been discussed no. at all because I think at the moment it's up in the air until we See, get promoted. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that that could change the perspective of everybody because that there would then be more money on the, on the cards and are you going to take a 36, 37-year-old... Actually, that I'd give him... You know, I don't think he's quite that old. Um, striker back into the Premiership um, to give him a last hurrah. I don't know. If we're in the Championship, would I give him another year? If we don't sign Davis, yes, I probably would. Um, but the, the, they, they're all three of them, for me, are very, very different sorts of players. And I, I, I get excited by all of them for different reasons. Yeah, I'd argue that if we stayed in the Championship, that you do give Graban. Why am I calling him Graban? What the hell's happened? So it's <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know where it came from. Happened. 
Sorry about this, Louis Scraban. Uh, I think he's worth another year if we're in the championship. If we do go up, I don't think there's a sentimentality of that. I think because we'll talk about this. I've got this theory about what the two stars on our shirt mean, depending on what league we're in. Uh, Kieran, let's hop back to a little bit of the uh, last season and when we used to do the pod together uh, with Alan and that, where we'd go. So was it a penalty with Jack Colback? Was it offside for Jets Spence? We don't care. It's happened. Nothing we can do about it. Let's talk about injuries. So when Steve Cooper goes on about an injury, do you, I mean, I'm sure you like the guy, but do you think he's a bit of a liar when it comes to injuries? Because people are coming back like after a day. Scott McKenna, injury. He's back. Is he just made of granite? Or what the hell's going on? Do you expect to see Kenyon Davis back on Saturday? I mean, what's going on with this? Um, feel like with Davis, probably not. Like on this time okay, around, that's going to be the end of the regular season. I believe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that seems like it, it was pretty awkward for him. Um, but as far as um, Cooper's going, I think it's great. My dad used to tell me stories about Cluffy being a bit. Um, in the press and keeping people guessing about what used to happen with his teams and I don't think I've ever really seen that myself in my years following Forest with someone who's maybe actually good at it and Steve Cooper's just great he's like on every avenue I, I can't fault him um, he's playing 4D chess with some of these clubs in the league <laughs> and uh, yeah love to see it yeah, I, I, I mean, they're doing, obviously doing a great job. I, I think it was key, the wording before the West Brom game, wasn't it, about Keenan Davis? Because Sky were breaking the news. And then the way he said it, Holly, where he said, oh, you know, yeah, he's out to the end of the season. And then, I know it was Colin Frey, I think, asked him. I said about, oh, what about the playoffs? And he just went, we're just taking it a game as we come. It's He's clearly going to, they think he'll be back within that time, I think. But it has done for us the world of good. Because we saw, of course, against West Brom, Holly, we saw the return of Steve Cook. So there's my question for you. If they're all back, the Great Wall of Nottingham, what ingredients are you making it out of? Because uh, I'll just have a quick glug of wine first to help uh, uh, out for this one. So, yeah, three, you've got four potential centre-backs making up that great wall of Nottingham. Who are you going with if they're all fit? It's tricky. Um, Figs did nothing wrong, really, until Luton. Um, and then he made a few mistakes at Luton, bless him. But then he got back into the game. And one of the things that I did notice that he made that bad mistake quite early on in the game. Uh, we got closed down and um, it sort of bled into the team a little bit, that little bit of negativity. And I don't know whether that sort of turned the game slightly to begin with. But then I noticed that the guys were sort of passing to him like on purpose and kind of trying to get his confidence back up and getting his touch going again. And I thought that was really nice to see. So um, and on, you know, on Monday, he was he was great again. I mean, I couldn't really fault him. Um, oh, tricky one. I I think I would go with Cook. Purely you sound like Steve Cooper now when we're talking about the <laughs> You're like, Ethan's done really well. Oh, he's a bit jet lagged. All right, okay. Samba's back. <laughs> you're just trying to say cook, but you're trying to find well, a nice way of saying it. The thing is, though, you, you, Fix hasn't really done anything wrong, has he, to be fair? Um, and I guess he was brought off because, you know, he wanted to give uh, Cook a bit of a run out, get him back into the game after his injury. And we didn't, you know, it didn't really matter at that point in the game because, you know, we were 3 0 up. No, I, I think I would I would go back with Cook. I think just as I say, just purely for the experience. Um, I think he's got a slight edge on Figueredo, but I'm not taking anything away from Figs because I think he's done tremendously well since he's come in. Um and he was also, you know, part of that side that capitulated on the last day two years ago. Um, so you know, yeah, he'll have that experience under his belt, knowing full well, you know, how to deal with that situation situation, hopefully. So along with the others as well, you know, they've been there. 
hopefully they're, ne- they're not going to make that happen again. They've learned from their learned from their mistakes. So, but no, saying all of that, I would go with Cook. Personally. I wish you'd learn how to do it on the bloody night against Stoke. That would have saved us a lot of pain. Yeah. I think the thing with Figs is I remember lauding him and going, God, this guy's solid. Looks like a maniac. I like him. And then something changed. Lisa will probably have more on it. But I, I, something changed in him. I, I don't know if it's a homesickness thing. People have lauded about quite easily with some players sometimes. But he just seemed far too sort of dodgy to me. They felt like there was stuff missing. And there's a few little tweaks of it. But I think it's part of being a football fan, not just a Forest fan. You know, we we joke about it, don't we? We say we've seen things or, you know, I've seen people today uh, will come across this and putting money on Forest not to come in the top six because they saw people win money, <clears throat> not me, uh, when we fell out of it last time. Does £200 soften the blow? Um, hmm. uh, so, uh, yeah, we'll have a straw poll on that. I'll openly admit that it made me, uh, you know, uh, feel a little bit better for the for the moment um but you know forest fans are doing that because of two reasons because they've seen it happen before and it's i think with figs when you see those few bits you're like oh shit that could be the playoff final that could be a i think like that. i think the way you've seen the main three of them working together has actually been uh, you know the the cooper mckenna uh mckenna um warrell and oh my god cook has been the has been the strongest three for me i uh, talking about those three lisa we're going to move on to west brom a bit here as well uh, Joe Worrell seems to go under the radar doing a lot of what he's doing. And I think Ryan Yates as well. Talk, talk to me about Ryan Yates swimming and headers as well. Uh, got anything to say about those three things? Uh, let's talk about Joe Worrell first of all. Um, I, I, I like the fact that, I mean, our, our back back three on, um, on Monday night, basically the line was about two feet away from the halfway line. That is where they decided that that's where they were going to put themselves and that's where they sat for most of the game. Um, and Worrell was just getting forward. And it, it, I love love the fact that they have all got confidence in each other um, to be able to do that, that they, they if, if one of them bombs forward, somebody else will cover. And it's quite interesting sometimes when you look at how we set up for corners, that it's actually Spence that sits on the halfway line um, as the the one that's left, left back. Um, and I thought Cooper was very clever with his substitutions on Monday, um, taking off McKenna, who would obviously come off on Saturday, on, on Friday, sorry, um, and bringing Cookie on so that he got 20 minutes um, because he could he could explain that. You know, Figueredo, for me, didn't put a foot wrong on Monday. Neither did Worrell. So we, we actually had a conversation about it, saying that at that point, Worrell was our captain. So you wouldn't have been surprised if he had been the one to go off. Uh, in a way, because it's kind of the captain's thing. That, that normally, you know, that that's the person that gets substituted when or or thrown in at the deep end when things are going wrong. And um, so I was quite all right with the fact that Cookie got his twenty minutes and and st- and I I think he is coming back from an injury. He's not the youngest guy. Um, so uh, will will Cooper change it? Mm, I don't know. Um, yes, the Great Wall of Nottingham is. The three of them, and I, I am um, more confident when Cook is in that back three. But has Figs done enough to keep his place? Yes, I think he has. Wouldn't you argue that the Cook thing is isn't so much probably the technique? It's just the thing of it is the experience and it's the talking. Completely, that's what I saw. Um, Ryan Yates. I think we spoke very, very candidly about at the beginning of the pod, um, way back when we started it this season, and I said at that point we knew that he he knew last season where his um what's the word I, what's the word I want um where he need, what he needed to work on right yeah yeah um and that was his heading and he's got nine goals this season 
And that bullet header on Monday was just pinpoint. And I loved his goals. You know, I loved his celebration. The fact is that we were sat um, in, in the upper Trent end. Jessica was with us. And my sister and I both kept singing, if Yatesy scores, Jess is in the Trent. Not we're in the Trent, Jess is in the Trent. And yeah. she just kept saying, no, I'm not, I'm not. And if I'm going in, you're coming in with me. Um, so then having seen his celebration after, it's just, it, I, I've, I've often said, you know, when you're in, sat in the ground and you are waiting for Coops to come around and do his fist pumps at the end, Yatesy wants to do them. A hundred percent. He is walking around that ground wanting to do it first. Um, and I love it. You know, I, for me, I can just sit here with a smug look on my face because I've always advocated that yeah. he is that footballer. And this season he has come, come out there and proved it. And for those fickle fans, they can just go shove it. I think I won't go too deep into this because I know that when we talk about things, we keep them on the down low, Lisa. But before, when I was asking you to do the pod and we were talking about all things Forest, et cetera, et cetera, uh, you were telling me some stuff about Ryan Yates and what he'd done and what he'd, with helping out things with other charity or coming down to the football. And I won't go into much more of that because that's for you to tell. But that comes across to me and it's all very well being a nice bloke and there's been plenty of them wearing the red shirt. But I I, have had this question before. Why does your Ben Osborne's and people like that get the crap? Whereas Alex Mighton never seemed to get it. And you could argue he's been pretty poor when he's had his chances. He hasn't really been on it. I think Brendan Johnson goes missing at times, but has also been brilliant, but you can't say a thing about it. Ryan Yates seems to be one of those. It's easy to do it to. And we've seen it for bloody decades, haven't we? So I'm sitting with you on the smug, happy fence going, I'm loving seeing him do it. As I've always said, I don't care who the bloody hell you are. If you're wearing that shirt and you're making my team do well, I'll get behind you. Um, and Kieran, I'm going to get behind a question for you now. So West Brom is, <laughs> I was watching that second half and we'll come to Jack Colback in a, in a little bit. We'll do a straw poll on it. And I'm sitting there and Natalie's saying to me, are you not, you're not enjoying it? And she was sort of switching off a bit. And I was going, I'm angry. And she went, why are you angry? You're in the look. And I went, because of them. And she said, what do you mean? I said, they've come this, they're not bothered. And they're, they're just sitting. I said, why are they sitting back on 3-0? You might as well lose 6-0. I was like, where's the fight in them? And it was really bugging me that they weren't fighting us. You're in, do you know what I mean? I don't know if that's a bonkers thing or where it's Forest have evolved to, but it was just annoying me so much that their, their players had just given up and their fans should have just given absolute rollicking. And that's the first thing I wanted to tweet afterwards was like, you pathetic bunch of bloody arseholes at West Brom. But have we have had too much of a good thing there if we're just having sides give up at half time? Um, I think you've got to... See it from their perspective a little bit. Their season's just over. They don't think they're going to get in. Um, it would have been two off the playoffs if they'd won. Yeah, I know, but they don't. They don't see it, mate. Look at Steve Bruce and the rest of that squad. I at any point did any of them carry themselves like they were in a competition for anything? No, not really. Carol was just arguing. I mean, Carol was having a nightmare against them three to be fair. They were bang average. The heads went down really quick. Uh, they, I, I was glad that we got the fourth that, that, that did put a little bit of a gloss on it and made the second half less of a non-entity um, but the uh, yeah they, yeah, West Brom they're not, they're not going to go anywhere they're probably going to turn on Bruce pretty quickly um, rear view mirror that now let's just on to the next next one up mate well, one thing that has definitely been in the, not so much the mirror, but in the vision, Holly, has been a, a certain uh, a thing involved. It's been up on the uh, the main sports in, in America, the main sports podcasts and broadcasts, was a man I called Jackie Colback, um, who's interviewed afterwards with Jimmy Garner. They're the players I like to think sound like they're from a different era. And Jack Colback is, is from a different era completely, I think. So let's do a quick one on it, Holly. Shot or cross? 
and why? Shot. And why? <sighs> well, if it wasn't a cross, where the hell was he putting it, really? Well, that's the, why. The way, yeah. yeah, the way he hit it on the sort of... Yeah, on uh, where we got contact on his boot, it just kind of thought, well, that would be an absolutely a, like the worst cross of the season if, if it was a cross. So, although there was that, um, you know, whenever that question came up on Sky or after the match, and they all had that little smug look on their faces if they were, were told, you know, yeah, it was a shot, it was a shot. But um, I love the uh, the interview between Jimmy Garner and Cole Back. I thought it was brilliant. Um, yeah, I'm going shot. Why not? Uh, Goal of the season. Uh, I, do you know what? The only thing is, is when it first went in, I jumped up. I remember I said to Natalie, I wish you hadn't put his hand on his mouth because that's made it and going like that it makes it look like he, it really wasn't. But then I can see him mouthing, it was a shot, it was a shot, like like he just nicked your kid's Christmas presents. You didn't believe him. Lisa, shot or cross and why? Yeah, shot for me. Um, because just just how he hit it, um, he hit it <laughs> with the outside of his Why boot. are you laughing at it now? It an, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to just picture it in my head. That it was an outswinger, not an inswinger. It was or an inswinger, not an outswinger. I can't remember which way round it was. Um, and it and there was only Surridge in the box. So if it was a cross, it was a real hit and hope hope, hope one, which meant it was shit. Um, so for me, hundred percent goal, hundred um, percent shot, phenomenal goal. Loved it. Could watch it every day, all week. Kieran, the same question to you. And if Mo Salah had done it, would we just not even be questioning this? Is it because it's a it's a defensive midfielder playing at left back who's just walloped it? Yeah, it's because it's Jack fucking Colback, mate. <laughs> uh, you have to bleep me out there, sorry. Nice, um, mate. We're, we're effing Jeffing this year, mate. Go for it. We started um, the worst start in 108 years, mate. We, we started bad, so let's keep going. Yeah, I, I think he meant it. And he's definitely secured himself a book deal for a few years down the line to let me know. Um, no, he, there was a photo of when you saw him with his hand over his mouth. I saw it from another angle and you then see Brennan doing the exact same thing. And that kind of squashed that down for me. I was like, oh, that's just him having a bit of crap with his teammates. Um, if he says he meant it, he meant it. Yeah, I, I, ultimately, I just think it's been quite funny because when sort of other outlets have shared it, the responses have, have really bordered on being kind of weirdly jealously like, boy, he didn't mean it though. So it's not, he's still done it. It's just like, if I accidentally shot someone with a bow and arrow, I've still picked him out right in the neck it's still got them, you know, it's, uh, it still counts. So I think, uh, you know, as we're doing our Robin Hood uh, analogies with that, I, th- I think he's done it and it's, it's a, it's a great goal. And it, and it really killed the game. Then it? it was the timing of it when it went in. That was, if you'd have told us then they might as well, they could have packed up at half time. I'm still fuming, but you say Sky mentioned it afterwards. They were more bothered about a fucking throw in and Neil Warnock. It's just, I'd really warm to him and he's turned into an absolute bell fruit at the end. I don't know what was going on with Neil Warnock. That was a very grumpy old man moment. Like... Really weird. <laughs> It's like, obviously, and as well, he hasn't clearly not seen our recent games because he's gone on about, well, I'll tell you whatever bloody happens, you get them bloody playoffs, it'll still be... Yeah, the ref's going to ruin it for you. But like, it for you. <laughs> yeah. Mate, he's... Luton, away. Um, oh, he's a bitter man. And I don't know what about. Uh, yeah. No, because he, 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 I used to call him the devil-faced bastard because I thought he looked a lot like a Victorian etching of Satan. There was something about him that looked very much satanic. And, I, and he kind of warmed to me when he had got his bum bag with his autographs in. And I thought he was like some jolly old uncle. And now he's become Colin Wanker again for some bloody reason. But anyway, let's um, let's come into that game's done. It's all done. They're in the bank. Fulham have got promoted. Um, Holly, is um, anything else happened in the league? Any ups and downs? Did I miss anything? Fulham gone up. Um, they've got a P next to their name. One of the teams has got an R. What's, what's that mean? 
I don't know what you're talking about, mate. No idea. I've been living under a rock for the last few days. <laughs> Even if you've been living under a rock, you've seen that every day there's been something about it. Here's another speech from Wayne Rooney. Here's another boy crying by a bus in a car park. Any thoughts, anyone? Open look. The, the sheep are down. It's, it's, we should be celebrating this. It's a funny thing. I have no, absolutely zero pity for them or anything. Over to you, Lisa Fox. The only thing that I want to say is that my my now is the time that we actually start looking for what I always do. Who's going to come up? Who's going to go down? My 100% my backing is on Sheffield Wednesday. Come on. Come on, the yeah, Owls. Come the Owls. Take their place. That's all I've got to say on it. It'd be the best. Kieran, how, have you shed any tears? Or Because I heard some of the other day going, well, if you've been giving Derby crap about it, you're not a real football fan. I heard someone said, no. Nah. <laughs> it's the one time that they could call me anything from, from the sun to the moon, and it's off my back, because I can be that childish bastard who goes, relegated. Bye. How are you feeling, Kieran? I'm actually born and raised in Derby. So ah. I happen to know a lot of Derby fans. <laughs> And it's funny. Um, <laughs> all all the crap over the past few years, having the league on strings. Look, we flirted so dangerously close with it under Fowers at times, um, and I feel like even the new the new guys we've got in, like uh, the uh, the Greeks, they've um, they've listened after getting it wrong for a while. And looks what happens when you listen; it clicks into place. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, Derby were bending every rule, flirting with this risk, but from a different standpoint, from overspending and lording it over everyone. I, they, their fans are going to just have to understand that, yeah, there's a little bit of a satisfaction to this. You're yeah. probably going to be fine. You're going to love League One. And for the next three years or so, you're going to keep telling us that, oh, yeah, it's the best years of my life. Oh, I've really got to connect with my club. Like, Go for it, lads. Like, uh, those three years it. in League One were the worst. <laughs> Not even because we were down there. I It was just the loss of... Do you know what? I, uh, oh, mates, oh. I, I just remember Swindon away under Megson. <laughs> we we were wearing that bloody Brazil kit. And yeah. and they oh, they tore us a new one. And it was so depressing um, having been away from... like You're on a away day, you think you're touring the country and these teams do actually teach you a thing or two here and there. Well, I've got this big theory that I've had a while for about four and it's about the stars on the shirt. So when, when you're in the championship, it's kind of like... It's kind of been our status quo for a long time, a lot of decades, hasn't it now, really? Most of our adult lives in it... Well, no, in a sense. But I think that when you're in League One, I never heard the phrase double European Cup winning Nottingham Forest so many times. When it was like Yeovil versus double European Nottingham Forest, you're the cup final for a lot of people because you've got a massive stadium. Look when we had Yeovil in the playoffs, you know, it was just like tiny Yeovil. Oh, it's every team was a bloody, they want to knock your head off because you're Forest. Now, I, I think in the championship, those stars kind of dissolve a little bit. I just think that they're just, we're just Forest. We're seen as, well, we will be after Derby if we don't go up the longest serving championship side who's been in that division and not moved up or down. However, the caveat is if we go to the Premier League, I genuinely believe they set on fire and they shine because I, I still think I've been in Portugal, I've been in Malta, various places where people do know Forest. And I think that has to go on into world football as well. I think where players will come and you're seen as, uh, I don't really, I'm not a big fan of that, Barry Dengenning, whatever you call him, he's on the on the talk sport thing. He said, I genuinely hope Forest go up. I think they are the side above Fulham or the others who would actually have a chance of making something of it in the Premier League and doing it. Because the foundations, as we've all known for ages, have always been there. 
I genuinely believe that if we're there, that the, the who we are thing comes alive again, you know? Um, Lisa's just been doing stuff. I was going to come to her, but I thought she was rearranging her cat or something. Yeah, okay, Lisa. Um, do, you, do you stick with that, Lisa? Do you think that the two stars on our badge and who we are and the size of the stadium and, you know, it's been highlighted about Palace having good support. You know, we've got amazing support as it stands. Do you think there's any reason why Forest shouldn't thrive if that, this is as close I'm getting to saying if we go up, I'm sorry, but it's it's too early to say. But what about if we should maybe could? Yeah, it's uh, we should be proud of our heritage and, and our past. And I understand, you know, the fans, we shouldn't live in the past. I get that. There, there's so many things that you kind of remember. Um, and and I have to laugh at Kieran talking about the Swindon game. There was an away game against Walsall as well, I think the same season, that um, was just horrendous. And they always seemed to be our bogey side for the, the time that we were actually down there. Um, and you know, trying to get out of League One, it's it's a nightmare. Um, so you've, they will no doubt be the team that everybody wants to beat. Uh, and as the, the likes of Sunderland, who are a massive club, have found, you know, it's they, they haven't got out for a while. Um, and they've just been a, a yo-yo club going up, coming down, going up, coming down. Um, at least they've got more than a fiver in the bank. So who knows? Well, they've got a lot of money. If you saw what the squads were worth, uh, that was the irony as well. They show how much the squads were worth today, and uh, Derby's were right up there. How did they get their, their squad worth? Worth cheating scumbags. Um, I'm going to talk about the. Uh, well, actually, one thing. So I'll just try and use the hive mind. You know, there's been that banded around quite a lot. The the the, the stats of Forest when they did go up from League One and they made that late charge, and we came up on the last game. The last game didn't we against Yeovil? When someone shared that league, Leeds were below us. Well, Leeds in the—I forgot Leeds. I knew they were in League One, but I didn't know they were in League One with us. Fucking Nora, everyone's just nodding at me. But oh, that was—that's a right barnstorming league that we had us and Leeds. I don't remember any games against Leeds. That Leeds was the one. season that Leeds got the points deduction, though, wasn't it? They—they they started with fifteen points deducted. The season we went up in from yeah. League One. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I don't know how because you know we always remember games against them, don't we, or whatever happened. And it's like I can't remember playing them in League One. At all. I don't know. It's just mixed my mind. Any of, I don't know if either, any of you were at that game or anything of them. Was that when they had Betford? Remember Jermaine Betford playing to Leeds? Championship. I don't was, that, what was that in League One? It's become the marching on together podcast all of a sudden. Uh, Kieran's doing a quick bit of Google Google whacking for us on this. So um, we're going to talk about fixtures anyway. So we've got uh, Peterborough United away coming up, which is uh, for certain people of a certain vintage means so much every single time we play there. For me, for me, it means listening to Radio Nottingham and jumping into the back garden and nearly scalping myself when Colin Moore scored his goals in Skeg, running absolutely going mental as a 12-year-old. I was at the time. Um, Lisa, Holly, Kieran, Peterborough on a bit of a, a bit of a resurgence. One last two games over Easter and I still could stay up. Um, it's a bit of a long shot. We can relegate them on Saturday. Memories of Peterborough away. And what do you fancy? Uh, Lisa Fox, start with you. <laughs> My favourite away game ever um, is Peterborough away. Um, I'm hoping that this one on Saturday is up there too. Um, the inflatable army will be out in force on Saturday. And having got my tickets through, we are four rows from the front um, behind the goal. So you're not going to be able to miss us. Um, green jumper, bacon. Green jumper. Uh, I have the alien. I also have um, a pink flamingo that I think I'm taking this time. Um, and I, it's just going to be, it's just going to be a good day. I I spoke a few weeks ago, I couldn't see us losing, but I am a little bit nervous because they have picked up points in the last two games and they are fighting for their lives and they could still technically stay up. Um, however, 
if Forest go out, and I've said this so many times, um, if Forest just concentrate on their own game and do their own thing, nobody's going to beat us. Nobody. So score prediction, potentially? 2-0. Ooh, Kieran Curtis. Memories of Beatsborough away, if any. And prediction for the game? Don't have any, mate. Never been. No, uh, been, mate. Couldn't be asked. <laughs> so yeah. I like that. Yeah, no, I've never been. Um, Prediction-wise, uh, I think I, like, like, Lisa, like Lisa, I know that we can. Like, I know that we can just play. If we play our game, we can. Um, But they are fighting for their lives. It really wouldn't shock me for us to have to come from behind again. Um, So I'm going to go 2-1. Okay, 2-1 from Kieran. Holly Royale, a friend of Louis Graban. Uh, and, <laughs> away. Uh, and if not uh, it doesn't matter either way give us a score no I've never been uh, first visit on Saturday and I can't wait um, again just listen to it on the radio I mean it just sounded amazing and I've heard so many stories of that day um, back in 94 um, I think it's going to be I think it's going to be tricky um, I think we've got our loss out of the way now um, I think that you gave thought us a- Monday was going to be tricky I did I did. You yeah, were quite we nervous to, to the group about it. I was. <laughs> no, I bumped into Lisa just before the game and I was so nervous. So nervous. No. I think because the thing was, if if we had lost again and went to West Brom, I think there would have been, you know, an absolute meltdown on all Twitter and the social media and everything. And I think, as we were saying um, on the um, chat about it sort of bleeding into the team and, and sort of having a negative effect, which is absolutely what we don't want at this point in time. But um we don't really have to worry about that now, I think, because we came back so prolifically on Monday. Um, I'm a little less nervous. I think, obviously, as we've all said, you know, they're fighting for their lives. They've got, you know, they've got a lot to play for. So it's not going to be easy. But um, I know our fancy is for a 2-1. Um, and I think they'll uh, they'll make it difficult for us, but we'll come through. Yeah, I can see Forrest winning it. To nil. I'm going to match up with that one. Um, we're not going to do another pod until after Swansea, so let's bring these women in, in as well. Uh, we are away next Tuesday to the champion, or probably champions elect as it will be, Fulham. Uh, hopefully, by that point, our champions and just have got their foot completely off the pedal. Um, Mitrovic has got over 40 goals now. Hopefully, he's happy with that. Uh, I will be in attendance, as I think. Uh, Holly, you can even, are you there? Lisa, I think as well. So thank you for sorting tickets. We, you know, she wasn't dodgy. We bought them. Um, but yeah, we'll start with you, Kieran. Fulham away. Uh, what do you fancy about that one coming up? Because uh, obviously we won't speak again until after Swansea. So I'm going to go through that one and do Swansea at home as well. I know things could change a lot by then. Uh, but how do you fancy those two games as well? I think uh, Fulham in particular, I think they're going to... Uh hopefully just want to banter Scott Parker a bit, have the league wrapped up. (laughs) Banter game. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean? I I could see it going that way. Their fans would probably wouldn't even care that much as long as they'd already uh, secured the title. I think what I've read, they would be quite happy to fuck Bournemouth up. I (laughs) think there's a part of it where they're like, we're going back up and they've been up recently and I think they would quite like us to beat them. Yeah, yeah, I I think that as well. Um, And I think we could. Uh, I, I I don't fear anyone now, you know. Like it's it's the, the style of football we're playing could unpick any side in this league. If they don't show, show up and play a hundred percent against us, they'll get punished. Yeah. Um, Happy with saying that, Kieran. You look joyous about that. Is it? All, <laughs> seems I mean, like, when was the last time punished? we got to? 
Um, I think Fulham was probably the last time we got a kick in, wasn't it? But I mean, actually, there's an irony, though, isn't there, that Swansea City are the last home game, Steve Cooper's last team, who obviously they did what they did to us. In the, there's so many stories interwoven. interwoven exactly, with. mate. And uh, whatever happens, the headlines will write themselves. But um, yeah, I, I feel confident in every game. Like I, I, there was one of those ones the other day where it was like, I'll oh, predict you, the scores for the entire rest of the season. And I, I didn't go as far as the scores, but I tried the results. I was like, I could see us beating every single one of these. Do I think we will? Probably, probably not. That's a tough ask, maybe. But um, uh, yeah, I, I could see us picking up wins in every one of them. And I want to be confident. I'm going to ride the wave. Why not? Well, with say we might speak again just before the Bournemouth game because that's that's kind of where we'll probably do the next pod on that Monday, the second of May. Uh, do you think Forest will still be in the run or the hunt for a potential automatic promotion by the time they play Bournemouth, Kieran? Yeah, that's, yeah, the yeah. That's the Why same thing we used to say about the penalties. It doesn't matter really what we think. But <laughs> anyway, uh, Holly. So Fulham and Swansea, and then where do you think Forest will be coming into the last two games? Um. Oh, I'm falling down. Huddersfield uh, have got a really piss easy running and they are on a hell of a lot of form. And I always feel it's a bit silly. People don't keep mentioning them in a way. I know they've got less games, but anyway. Um, yeah, Holly, Fulham, Swansea, and where will they be pre-Bournemouth? I think... No, I fancy it's against Fulham. Why not? Um, I think... Let, let's see where we go after, after Peter. Let's see how we get on against Peterborough. If we have a convincing win, then why not? I, I, I don't see anything. I mean, I say this now. I do get ridiculously nervous before every single game at the moment because there's so much at stake. But I mean, you know, we, we could secure our place, couldn't we, on Saturday if results go our way. So if that's the case, yeah, we've got nothing to lose. Really well, yeah, for those who are in Millwall, have to I think lose uh, or not match us, and Middlesbrough have to lose as well. And then if we win, it's playoffs, yeah. Yeah. So I think we can sort of not rest on our laurels, but kind of you know, have that kind of secured playoff place in the back of our minds and yeah just go out and play our game against Fulham and I've seen a reason why we couldn't beat them to be honest um, Swansea yeah another home win um, I love us at home they're See, playing really well though Swansea aren't they apart from throwing away a result against Reading yeah but it's Forest at home oh. we're phenomenal yeah we're, we're phenomenal at home you know so in you the league so with a chance of beating them to overtake them for second possibly I don't know. I'm kind of erring on the side of caution at the moment. Let's just keep our just keep our runs going again. Let's just concentrate on ourselves. Let's see where we end up. But let's not get too carried away. I got a little bit too carried away when uh, when was it after the uh, Birmingham game and uh, and we had a little kick down to earth, didn't we? So You're let's just see where we are. Let's just see where we are. But yeah. Lisa, the voice of uh, the betting uh, of Nottinghamshire over this season, that times you've got things right. Um, Fulham away, Swansea at home. Where will we be in contention going into Bournemouth? Over to you. It's quite interesting, isn't it? Because Fulham and Bournemouth play each other on Saturday. So I would expect that game, Fulham to absolutely batter Bournemouth. Don't ask me why. I've just There's just something in the water that tells me that that's what's going to happen. Um, so Bournemouth are going to be fighting for their second place. Um, it's ours to lose in a way because of the games in hand that we've got on Huddersfield. Um, and the Fulham game for me is the crucial one. I expect us to fully win at home 3-0 against Swansea um, because we just will. Um, and Fulham, I think, will be a very close game. Um, but then I thought it would be a very close game when we got battered by them in October. Um, and I still maintain to this day that was never a 4-0 defeat. 
So that could go either way. Um, and I think it will be a closely fought 1-0, but I wouldn't actually like to predict which way that will go because I just, again, I agree with Holly. Let's see where we are after Saturday. If it's if we have a convincing win on Saturday, we're going to go into, and, and actually the way Cooper sets us up, he's going to go into every game with the belief that we can get the points at the end of it, um, regardless of whether we win or lose. Um, for me, I think, what is the five games left? 15 right. points to play for. Um, if we get 11, it's on, massively on. Yeah. Um, and that's that's it. You know, the games in hand for us over Huddersfield um, are what may and, and our goal difference I cannot stress enough how much our goal difference is the one thing that actually says to me we're not going to mess it up this season because we've got such a good goal difference um but that's getting into the top six so yeah I think I mean by this time next time we speak we will definitely be a top six side we will definitely be in the playoffs that's that's what I'm putting my money on right here right now ching Lisa's money's like do you know what because like obviously like Natalie's kind of new to my last kind of new to this and she's kind of going oh Forrest you're great blah, blah, blah. and she's going look I don't know why you're worried about it you definitely I went because I've seen things and I'm trying to show her things of Yeovil and Sheffield United and Blackpool and Swansea and when I think of all them playoffs and when we made them and stuff they were all quite different I think Blackpool would come third Swansea would scrape in you know Yeovil was the first one in the league while Sheffield United they were too even size that was just a bloody nightmare of a game and compared it was against I don't think I've ever known us potentially going into them on such a hot form run. The, the other side of that is that um, it's the first season in a long time that I've not predicted Forest. I've not actually put my money on Forest to go get promoted. So, um, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's it's one of those uh, bittersweet um, situations. But I would be happily, take, you know, be, be wrong on that score because um, I think, you know, a lot of people have said to me it's a really poor league this year. Um, and nobody would have predicted that we would be sitting where we are now uh, at the beginning of this season. And it's been one hell of a roller coaster. Um, and I, I just, you know, the fact that there's only five games left uh, really does make me want to choke up a little bit because I don't want the season to end, regardless no, of if we finish. Great. I do not want this season to end because we have been, in parts, untouchable by a lot of clubs that wrote us off. And, and probably our fans that wrote us off too. Um, and it is just one of the high, high seasons of, of being a Forest fan, I guess. And people being scared. I must admit, when I took this over from Alan at the start of the season, I was going, fucking hell. Eight games in, I was, Jesus, we've got to talk about this shit all season. I've got to run a podcast in a relegation season. And do you know what? I, it, well, I nearly said I just can't get enough, but I mean it. It's just been, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. You, have you seen the time. scarves, by the way? What? Are they, they just who, can't get what? enough scarves. No, I haven't. I think he's going to say Alan was selling them. <laughs> no, they, they're on, you know, the little stand that's by the waterside. Right. Um, they, they have them on there. And uh, I've said to Charlie already, if we're going to Wembley, mate. You're having one of them. Oh, mate, honestly, it's, uh, there's so many parts of it, which is uh, there's a 12 year old in me. There's a 17 year old in me. There's, a, there's all these different parts of me that are going. But then the 41 year old in me keeps going, just <laughs> shut up. Ask other people like Kieran and Holly and Lisa what they think and just try and keep shut up. Listen, guys, um, we're nearly at the end of the pod here. So I just want to say thank you for joining us. Um, we're going to end with a real quick one. I'm just going to say player of the season. Uh, we'll do an awards thing at the end like we always used to do. But I just want to know for you so far who your player of the season has been with five games to go. Kieran Curtis. 
Um, I'm going Brennan because he oh. is a large part of what kickstarted things for for us, I think. Um, and even when he dipped, other players had started to bring themselves up. I, I think he was a shining light in a really drab opener to the uh, to the season. And mm-hmm. he has carried it through. He's been influential throughout. He might not have been the the key to every game, but he has been key to the season. I'm sure there's, uh, someone was saying the other day, it's, it's how many seasons we've had it where we've gone, who did they give players season to? Oh, great. Thank you for shit. Was it Jonathan Greening? Okay, whatever. Uh, this season, it, you could have picked about seven of them. Um, Holly, for you? Yeah, for me, it's got to be the Scottish Colossus, Mr. Scott McKenna. Um, I think mainly because he came with no real expectation, didn't he? And he's kind of like, wow, where did this guy come from? And he's just been so reliable. I mean, I can't even remember a mistake that he's made, really. Um, yeah, uh, part of the great wall of Nottingham. And uh, I think he's been fantastic. I mean, obviously, all the lone players aside, and I think Brennan does get a really good shout as well. But um, he's just, in terms of, you know, seeing the season, season the continuity that he's shown through the entire season, you know, it's just been, uh, it's been fantastic. So yeah, Scott McKenna for me, definitely. Yeah. Cause people forget that goal average is as much about the goals we've scored. It's the ones we haven't let in. And I think mm. no frills player. For, I, I would agree with you, go McKenna, but that's because when we signed him and I've said for about two years now, he'll get to the Premier League before we do. He'll get to the Premier League before we do. And we might just be going together. Uh, Lisa, what about you? Um, yeah. I mean, in terms of consistency, uh, and no, no, no. Uh, in terms of consistency and um, the fact that he has been part of that great wall of Nottingham, it's got to be Scott Scott McKenna. Um, but Ryan Yates, most improved player, and you know, I said to you at the podcast round about Christmas time, he was worth about seventeen and a half million quid. You did twenty five now, man. Wow, look at this. Ryan Yates's agent live here today, Lisa Fox. Um, so whoever your players are, let us know in the, the comments underneath. Um, thanks for listening. We've had no Dan this week, so we haven't had a guest of Garibaldi. I kind of want to retire from that, having got it on Clue 1 last week um, or last time. I think that's probably me dropping the mic on that one. Uh, we will have a quiz next time. We're going to have some competitions to win some little things before the end of the season. And yeah, we will see you before Bournemouth. Thanks for joining us, everyone. And you Reds. <laughs> <laughs>